Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. This is Steve Poos Benson. I am the creator of this podcast and I am here today with our own Columbine United Church's Samantha Bronson. She is in the process of ordination with United Church of Christ, but she is every bit the astute theologian and biblical scholar, so I'm excited to do this podcast with her. This is the annual Easter podcast of the Cowboy Jesus podcast. So Samantha and I are going to explore uh, Easter and what it means for both of us personally and how we uh, have seen it shape culture and world history for the past 2,000 years. So we're going to get all this done in 30 minutes. Samantha, you ready to go? Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, cool. Let's start with your favorite Easter memory. What's your favorite Easter memory? So growing up, the Easter Bunny always visited our house and or our lake house where we went because it was a long weekend for Easter weekend. And I'll never forget that one year in Texas where it never snows, it snowed Easter Sunday. And my brother and I insisted (laughs) that we still have the egg hunt and that the Easter Bunny still needed to visit us. So my parents stood at the back door and threw the eggs out into the snow. (laughs) And my brother and I ran out in whatever warm clothes we could find and gathered up the Easter eggs. Oh, that's fun. Easter, I know it's really funny you were telling me that you've never seen a white Christmas, but you've had a white Easter. Had a white Easter, still waiting on the white Christmas. (laughs) You know, my favorite Easter memory is actually not from my childhood. I, Of course, we had fun with Easter bunnies and Easter baskets and eggs, but my favorite Easter memory is at Columbine United Church, a sunrise service, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, where a blizzard blew in. And they, white Easter. Uh, white <laughs> Easter, and they canceled the big Red Rock sunrise service, but we were going to have it no matter what. And so there's a group of us, at dawn, pre-dawn, trooped out to Arrowhead Golf Course, and it was hammering, snowing. And we were out there, and we did an Easter sunrise service, and those people at the golf course came and saw us out there, and they said, oh my God, you guys are idiots. Come bring <laughs> us inside. So they brought us inside, and we did. We were all bundled up, we had snow, and that was the best Easter sunrise. They canceled Easter. We never did. Nice. So it was a lot of fun. That's my favorite Easter memory. All right. Let's dive in. Let's talk about what Easter means to you personally. Like, how does it affect Samantha's life? So the idea of resurrection and new life is really what keeps me going in difficult times. The idea that there's always a new hope, another sunrise, another day, I think is the essence of living a life with the resurrection. It's that all things can be new and that all things can be good and wonderful and life-giving. And so, yeah, in those moments where life feels really hard, Remembering the resurrection, remembering that there is new life can give me hope that we'll make it through whatever hardship there is. Do you have a story that comes to your mind that you mind sharing from your personal life? So there was one point where Luke lost his job when we were first married. And oh, that's a drag. Yeah, it was 
really rough. I was still in seminary, so I was not working. And I had just started my mentoring internship at a really tiny church, First United Methodist Valley Mills. It's like 30 minutes outside of Waco, where I went to school in Texas. And I just didn't know what to do. And I had just been welcomed into this community. They were getting to know me. And I just was really frank with them of, we don't know what to do. We just moved to a cheaper place. We're not sure how rent is going to happen. We're not sure how I'm going to pay for gas to get out here to be able to do my mentoring. And then, and I didn't say it for sympathy or clout. I was just, you know, this is just what's happening in our life. And it felt dark and scary and we didn't know what was going to happen. And thankfully, you know, my family was really supportive, but... One Sunday, we show up, and I helped with whatever element of the service I was helping with. I don't even remember. And then at the end of it, the church treasurer secretary walked up to me and handed me an envelope and said, we collected this for you today. And I said, no, (laughs) I can't take this. I, you know, I don't deserve it. You know, this needs to go towards your operating budget. Like, I had seen the numbers. I was part of my internship. This, And they said, no, we voted on this. This is what we want to do. And oh, that's cool. Like literally later that week, two of our tires popped because we were living in a horrible apartment complex. And it, so like we had to replace two tires and this money covered that completely and we didn't have to worry about it at all. And so it was this, Everything felt so dark. It was all Good Friday at that point. I didn't know how we were going to get through. I didn't know how we were going to pay for rent, how we were going to, you know, get these tires so that we can both, like, go look for work and things like that. And this community that just loves God and loves people gave us new life, resurrected us, gave us hope that there is generosity in the world. So it kind of kept you going in the middle of, so you'd call that an Easter moment. Oh, yeah. So when you felt as though as a young person, newly married, your world caved in, and yet you hung on to the whole notion of what is Easter as believing that somehow, some way, things were going to work out, and you just hung on to that. Well, and even not knowing if things were going to work out and kind of forgetting that things could work out. And then somebody outside of me, outside of my little bubble in my head, saying there is hope, there is life. And there is Easter, there's resurrection, things can be new. Oh, cool. Does it shape how you think about uh, life after death? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. I think... To me, life after death doesn't seem dark and scary. Uh, When I imagine it, I imagine light and bright, white clouds. Those are just some of the images that come to mind. Um, Especially when I think of loved ones who have passed or, you know, if I get nervous about something and think, oh my gosh, is Luke going to come home tonight? Is there going to be a crazy car car crash or whatever? I know that that's not totally the end. 
mm-hmm. that there's hope, that there's resurrection, that there's joy, and that even in the darkness of losing somebody or thinking about losing somebody, there's that hope, there's that resurrection. Yeah. I think it boils down to hope for me. Right, Yeah. right, right. Hey, you know, for me, it's some of the same things. Like when I think about Easter, I think about it, I always talk about an Easter Sunday that affects two places in my life, goes in two directions. One kind of like you is I believe because of Easter that I believe God works in the middle of history, in the middle of my life, and that there's this huge force moving, that I'll call it an Easter force, that like the thing that busted Jesus out of the tomb, that it it still keeps on busting through when you're going through crazy times, mm-hmm. just like you said. I don't care what stage of life you're at, where you're newlywed, midlife, you've been married forever, you've lost a spouse, you've lost your job, whatever. If there's this force that I'll call God's will, that Easter will that just keeps on going. So like, you know, there's a couple of times, like when my son was, now he's gonna turn 30 in June, but when he was two, uh, his first and second year, he had a severe metabolic disorder, and he almost died several times. Mm. And I just kept on believing in the resurrection and Easter. It was the same type of thing, that if he died, there's resurrection, and I had to hold on to that. But that then, um, I just kept on believing somehow, some way in the middle of all this, that there would be a force, an Easter force that would move through our, my life and my kid's life. And then I've seen that so much in the church, just working with people as they face their hardships, you know, just try to tell them there's Easter. I mean, it's not just this theological thing that we talk about pie in the sky once a year. You know, it's something that really is present. And I I mean, I just kind of bank my life on it. You're shaking your head. Talk about shaking your head. Yeah, I think, you know, as Christians, we call it this Easter experience, resurrection, new life, God's will. But I think you see it throughout the universe and many different religions and people who have no religion, that there is something that inspires us and keeps us going even when Mm -hmm. times are dark. And Mm -hmm. of course there are moments and some people who don't feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as a whole, We all experience that in one way or another. And part of it is being open to seeing that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And then, you know, the thing for me is that it's really affected what I believe about uh, what happens to us after we die. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been with enough people as they have died and watched kind of that dying process and what happens kind of in those moments right before death into death and then to what I think happens beyond Beyond that, I just, I just know something happens. I mean, one of the craziest things is one time I saw a soul rise up out of a body in a hospital room. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It lifted right up out of a body, looked around, looked around at me, looked at the people that they gathered at his bedside. They were all looking down at his body, and he was like looking at them. He looked at me, and then he got up and walked right off out the window in the hospital room. Craziest bow. Wow. Ba- Beep, crazy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and and it's stuff like that that kind of go, yeah, something happens to us after we die. And you know, when you look at 
Oh, there's so many books that have been written, like the book 90 Minutes in Heaven. I know mm-hmm. it's kind of conservative evangelical, but I always ask myself, okay, you read this guy who had this death experience where he was in, he was dead for 90 minutes, clinically dead. And he has this experience where he, where he believes that he was in heaven. And I look at that and I say, okay, that's crazy. So I always say, take it back 50%. If you take it back 50%, is it still amazing? Yeah, it's still amazing. So then if you take it back even further from that and say, okay, what if only 25% of it is true? Is it still amazing? Yeah, that story is amazing. And then you have to ask ourselves, why would Don Piper lie to us? Why would he lie? His whole He's putting his whole integrity on the line writing this book. And I just think it is so compelling. I believe... Something happens to us after we die that I call the resurrection. I mean, it's with Jesus, you know, it's like um, there's so many arguments about uh, did he bodily rise? Did he spiritually rise? And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a few moments. But for me, it's either one of those means something happened to him after he died. And whatever that was affects what happens to us after we die. So, you know, I'm not that wigged out about my own death. I'm, I turned 63 on April 10th, and I know that every year I'm a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer, wherever that day might be. And it really doesn't freak me out because I know something happens to us after we die. Again, you're shaking your head. Yes, say more. Yeah, and I think it's it's all about opening our eyes and being open to these experiences. That if you totally close yourself off, it's not gonna happen. I, I, maybe it is gonna happen, but you're not gonna see it. And so it's about opening your eyes, opening your heart to these experiences, to the possibilities of resurrection, to the possibilities of peace and life after death. Yeah, cool. All right, now let's switch it. Okay, that's us. Now let's go globally. How do you see Easter affecting the global history and how it affects American, not American culture. We could go American culture, but global culture now. What do you think? You know, we hear a lot about how history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. How, you know, we see a lot of patterns with Russia and Ukraine. And it repeating itself. Nations trying to take over nations. But the good always prevails. The hope always prevails. Right. There's always this resurrection hope and it doesn't mean that we ignore the pain and suffering it doesn't mean we ignore the darkness it means we move through it with hope that there is new life that there are new possibilities and i think what's been interesting to watch about um, the conflict in the ukraine is seeing that global hope that people are there to rally around an oppressed people to bring them out of a darkness into a light, into new life. And I don't think that's, I think it's especially particular to Christianity, but I don't think it's just particular right. to Christianity. So let's talk about Ukraine. I read something the other day that really just kind of sent shivers up my spine because I can't imagine doing this. Uh, talk about crucifixion. Ukrainian parents 
are writing the name of their children on the children's backs with any type of contact, excuse me, any type of contact information they had about birthdays, medical history, all that kind of stuff. So in case the parents are killed and the child survives, there's something that some type of worker can identify by looking at the, the kid's back. And I thought to myself, that's crucifixion. I mean, mm -hmm. that is the pain of crucifixion. What those people are going through is the epitome of what is Good Friday. Dark, painful times. And yet, as a Christian and as a, someone who is kind of dabbles in all the world religions, I would agree that they all talk about hope mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. You know, for me, I kind of go with this quote that I've been using a lot lately from um, Martin Luther King made it popular, but it goes all the way back to 1810. And I can't remember the Unitarian minister who said it, but the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards mm -hmm. justice. And I, I have to believe that, kind of like you said, good eventually wins out. Justice eventually wins out. It might take a lot of deaths. It might take a lot of deaths. Evil might run amok for a long time, but eventually, eventually, God's will, I like this phrase, God's will, will be done. Okay, where else do you see resurrection history? Oh, I think it just is an inspiring movement that at any time you have a reformation within the Christian church, it has inspired people to new levels of connection with the divine, with each other. And it's all based around this idea of resurrection, of new life, of new community, of um, hope for a better world. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I like to go all the way back to the day of Easter and the... Um, and then in the 10 years after it, because we know th from history that after the resurrection, that great grand glorious something that happened, that's why I always call it Easter, something happened. It unleashed a movement that is just like, it, it, they called themselves the people of the way. I mean, it just like went like wildfire and touched a lot of people's lives and started the movement of, early Christianity, and it goes all the way back to Easter Sunday. And like uh, you and I were kicking around the idea as far as spiritual resurrection, physical resurrection, or bodily resurrection. You know, and I uh, last year when we did this, I talked about that I believed in a spiritual resurrection, but I was asking myself this morning as I was thinking about this podcast, would a spiritual resurrection be enough to unleash the the just the dynamic thing that happened after that first Easter morning, or would it take something like a bodily resurrection that f to be like this astronomical, out of the ordinary nature, something phenomenal that people went, whoa, what was that? And the original, uh, those first generation Christians that witnessed that, then they went off crazy sharing the good news, sharing the news saying, you wouldn't believe it, he rose from the dead. Because, you know, and they don't talk about the fact that he spiritually rose from the dead. They talk about the fact that the dude rose. And um, I'm always taken by that. And even though I can still sit here and say, I believe in the spiritual resurrection, I wrestle with, but would that be enough to unleash this thing, this movement 
of Christianity for 2,000 years. Like when you think about the first 50 years of Christianity, how do you think Easter kind of unleashed that movement of people of the way? Hold on, there we go. I lost my computer. There was a dead space. That's because my computer went blank. Sorry about that for that dead space. We're back. I want to talk back to Samantha with a question. First 50 years, what did that, what did it affect? So, you know, the first 50 years, if my remembering from seminary is correct, is that they celebrated Easter morning every time Christians gathered. That they, you know, didn't have the set time once a year where they celebrated this, but it was at every gathering. And that it was this, I mean, with a bodily resurrection, it's a tangible hope for something new, for something better, for the world to change, for people to not be oppressed. And I think that's what these early Christians were holding on to. And I think that's when we get to the heart of what Christianity is today and the movements that are spreading like wildfire, it's people holding on to a tangible hope that things will be better, that the world can be loving, can be good, can be encouraging to each other, can be a level playing field for all people. Yeah, you know, the theologian, the contemporary theologian, Richard Rohr, who has a Center for Contemplation and Action down in Santa Fe, a world-renowned theologian, he talks. About, he believes in a bodily resurrection. He's really liberal, progressive, and he believes in a bodily resurrection, which I always think, well, if Roar believes in that, then who the hell am I to think of it, that it's not? But he also talks about it. It's a tangible thing that you grab a hold of, that he believes the bodily resurrection is a is a tangible thing that happened that people were able to grab a hold of and that's what turned them around that those first 50 years as you said every day they gathered was easter sunday and i think you know that's what we should try to do with our sunday every time we gather on worship on sunday morning it should be this celebration of the resurrection this great thing that we happen. Okay, so look at the the Reformation. Jump up uh, 1,600 years. What do you see in the Reformation as far as Easter? I'm kind of digging in my own church history brain. <laughs> what do you see as far as the resur- the Reformation and resurrection? I think the resurrect the Reformation was rooted in resurrection and kind of a liberation theology in the fact that the Re- the reformation was aimed at making the gospel message the easter message available to all mm-hmm. that it wasn't just for the elite that it wasn't just for these people who said and did the right things but that it was for every person out there and of course that was limited in their understanding, and we can just expound upon that today, but it was really making it available for everybody, which is what the Easter message is, which is what the hope is, that it's not this institution, that the institutions are really there to reach everybody. 
but sometimes it does get convoluted, and I think that's what the Reformation movements were trying to address. Yeah, you know, the Reformation, when I look at the Reformation, I think it's that big Easter boom that the church had become so hierarchical, so stifled, so institutionalized, as you said, that it was only for the, the wealthy and the elites, the the bishops, the priests, the popes, the wealthiest people who could study uh, and set aside time to study and worship and do all that kind of stuff. The average folks didn't didn't have anything. And there's this big boom of the resurrection where it's just like, as you said, it busted out into the common vernacular where there was Martin Luther at all who just brought it out and it boomed out into the culture. And, you know, I see that in if you jump forward another couple hundred years to, like, the different Great Awakenings that happened, like the First and Second and Great Awakening here in American history, uh, that same type of booming that happened where the church became too stifled, too institutionalized, too hierarchical. hierarchical. There's just this boom that happened in history that unleashed the tide of movement of God in history. So... Now let's think about, are we in the middle of a new Reformation right now where Easter is booming out again? Oh, that's a great question. And I I hope so, is my answer. I'm not totally sure. But anytime you have a societal change, it means that we have to relook at how we relate to each other, how we relate to the divine, how we relate to... Um, our institutions and that oftentimes it means we have a lot of places we have to change and be better and I think we see that with the Black Lives Matters movement I think we see that in celebrating pride for LGBTQ plus communities and I think here at Columbine we're really pushing towards that and we're kind of on the leading edge of that and modeling what that looks like for other communities. Um, but I hope as a global church or as a church, as the church in the U.S. that we are pushing towards that reformation, that change to where Easter is a message for everybody, not just for wealthy white Americans. Right. See, I, see, I, I think there's something afoot. I think there's something wild that's happening in churches by the mere fact that people are leaving the church in droves, but they're not leaving spirituality. They're becoming more spiritual. They're spiritual, but not religious. But there's this something afoot that's being released. Like, think about the pandemic. How do you see Easter in the pandemic? Oh, man. In so many ways. It's a... You know, it's been a place of darkness, but it's also been a place where we've seen change, where we've seen social justice change, where we've seen churches having to reckon with their pasts. It's, you know, we're having to go through a lot of little deaths in our culture. And I think those little deaths of, you know, reevaluating what our social lives looks like, reevaluating our social justice movements, our or lack thereof, will create new life and new forms of relating. And, you know, the little death that our spaces can be online 
And how do we incorporate that now that we can move back in together? How we integrate those? And those are reformation opportunities. Those are resurrection opportunities to love each other better every yeah. day. Yeah, you know, because I, I see the pandemic, like it's really going back to what I believe about after death. And I think about all these millions of people who died. If I didn't believe in the resurrection, that'd be like, that would be the most despairing thing in the world that half the population or a third, whatever the population, not a half, but a lot of the population of the globe died. I have to believe in the resurrection. And then as you're right, there's something new. It changed who we are. And I, you know, I, it's like the three days in the tomb are symbolic for me the past two years. And that I, I kind of feel like there's a new release that's happening in the world as people re-engage in their life. And I'm hoping they don't view themselves as going back to what they were, but they're going forward into something new. Because that's another thing as far as resurrection is always forward movement. Mm-hmm. It's never going back movement. It's always going forward movement. All right. I can't believe our time is almost up. Time is blazed by. All right. Give me a 30-second sermon on Easter about what you would hope people would take away from Easter, the Easter message. What is the one thing that you would want to get across to them? Easter is about holding on to hope that there is, there is darkness. There is. There's no escaping that fact. But that when you open your eyes, open your heart to love, connection, and community, and to the divine presence to God in your life, that is where you find hope and new life. And that it's not done in isolation. It's done as a community. It's done with people who love and care for you. And so part of it is finding that community, whether it's your neighbors, your family, your friends, a church community, finding that place that brings that new life and that hope to you. Cool. Like for me, the, and I, I probably, I try to wind this into every Easter sermon is like, if, if you're, if you're dying or if someone you love is dying, then Easter's got to mean something to you. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to grab a hold of it. Just like what you said, that kind of like that bodily, I have my hands up and I'm kind of grabbing in the air. It's like this bodily kind of grab a hold of. If you're dying, someone you love is, di- is dying or has died this past year, you got to grab a hold of, of Easter and kind of make it real. And then, like you said, when you talked about darkness, as far as like when you uh, when Luke lost his job, it's like you got to believe. Like there's this something that's moving, so that if you're going through a painful time in your life, you got to like believe in that hand of God that is moving, and that's Easter. Jesus busting out of the tomb. It's you busting into new life and believing that's there. All right. And finding a community that can believe that for yeah. you if you can't do it yourself. In that oh, moment. that's great. Yeah, finding a community. If you can't believe it yourself, you kind of ride on the faith of other people. That mm-hmm. is a great insight. And hopefully we're that at Columbine United Church. All right. We're at 31 minutes, Samantha. Woo! Thank you for joining me for the Easter annual podcast of the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. Remember... You can listen to you can listen to my blog. No, you can read <laughs> my blog, Cowboy Jesus. I release that 
Once a week, I do Centosaur videos about finding your life purpose on Monday. Wednesday, I do the Wednesday shout out kind of a, uh, give you some a little bit of hope for the middle of the week. So there's a lot of ways we can connect. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and Facebook. So a lot of things going on. Hope you're doing well. Take care. Happy Easter.